Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Recorded live. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Monday, March 12, 2018. I'm Michael Agello of HockeyBuzz.com, and I am pleased to be joined once again by the former assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mr. Bill Waters. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, the uh, the Maple Leafs losing streak is over with. They uh, they come they come back with a, an impressive outing against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. I think there was a little panic in Leafs Nation after the four-game losing streak. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but wanted to start with you, Bill, about uh, what happened at the deadline, which was uh, for a lot of people who thought that the Leafs were going to make some some kind of big move, I think they were disappointed. The only move of significance that they did make was the acquisition of uh, Thomas Placanitz, uh from the Montreal Canadiens uh, Veterans Center. Um, I, you know, I, I have my opinions on this, but I wanted to get yours. Uh, what did you think of the of the trade and what they gave up for him? Well, the, unfortunately, the market was uh, a second round pick established by others, so I wasn't surprised that they gave him up. I gave that up. Uh, on the other hand, I know where you're coming from, and uh, you and I talked about that based on what they gave up the year before. So they gave the same up, and uh, I, I think that uh, Kanich, as he plays, uh, will be more useful in the playoffs and uh, will uh, will contribute certainly more than he has heretofore from a statistical standpoint. So I'm not worried about Kanich. I think he can play the game any way you want it. Uh, he's had offensive uh, outputs that were very respectable. He can kill penalties. Uh, he's reasonable on the on the uh, uh, face-off, and he's also uh, mano mano. Uh, keeps a good eye on Krejci, and it looks like somebody's going to have to keep a good eye on Krejci when the Leafs play the Bruins in the first round of the playoffs, if in fact that happens. So I'm I'm not disappointed at all in Krejci as or in uh, in uh, Plakanich. As far as the extra players given away, so be it. They got too many players lying around anyway. And they looked at the players that they haven't called up and uh, looked at the players that are 21 and 22 ahead of them and said, hey, if this will make the deal, fine. Because the Bacanich deal was never even in the books. They wanted to re-sign him and keep him. And I know that coming right from the agent's mouth. And so it was a surprise to hear that they finally uh, conceded the fact that they would trade him. And I guess they did because they they got uh, uh, Reichel and... Uh, Valiev and, and uh, the second-round pick, and, and that that was worth it to uh, uh, Bergevin. And based on Bergevin's evaluation of trades, we'll have to wait and see how that works out. 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen Valley have play since he was drafted. I've seen Reichel over the last couple of years. I mean, I like Kirby Reichel. I like the type of game that he plays, but there's been a lot of question about whether he's got the speed to play in the NHL, and uh, he didn't really yeah. impress the training camp, so I think the Leafs relegated him as an AHL player and somebody who they could lose on waivers if somebody wanted to take a chance in the future. And Valiev, I think he's had a couple kicks at the can, and apparently he asked to be traded, so they moved on from him. My problem, as as you referred to, is the second-round pick. They've given up two second-round picks, and that's not firsts, but they've given up two second-round picks in consecutive years on fourth-line Band-Aids up the middle that won't stay around. The the rumors are that Placanitz is going to re-sign with Montreal in the summer, so it's good that they have Absolutely, a Absolutely, I think... I think that's a given, Mike. I think that's a given. And and you you can't take a rental player and build any <clears throat> strength in the fact that he's going to resign with you. I mean, that's your your facts are accurate, but that's the way it is now. And uh if you get lucky, uh, I I suppose a guy could change his mind, but uh in Plakanich's case, he had already talked contract uh, with Bergevin. And, and I don't know whether they had the numbers settled, but they certainly had a contract in mind. And uh, as you know, the media in Montreal said at one point, the true test for Mark Bergevin is whether or not he can trade Thomas Placanich. That may have been a, a, a left-handed compliment. I don't know. But the fact that he did and the fact that he's going to re-sign him it probably will save his job for a few years, although when you're a general manager with a seven-year contract and you've only used up two of them, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, and uh, he Canis played his best game as a Leaf against Pittsburgh. I thought he was, you know, a decent contributor. He won some face-offs, and I. But I see, my my point was, I think he's a sort of a marginal upgrade on Dominic Moore. I, I, for some reason, I, I think Dominic Moore's had a fine year for a fourth-line center. He can win face-offs. He can penalty kill. Uh, now he seems when Matthews comes back, he's probably going to be relegated to that extra forward, and you know maybe he plays in the yeah. playoffs if they, if they want to have an extra face-off guy. But yeah, I, I just think for 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 this management group, I think their asset management at the deadline has been wanting, and that's that's where I, I scratch my head. But um, well, now, the thing you have to be careful of there, Mike, is retrospective analysis is a wonderful tool to have in any business, sport, or otherwise. And you and I are good at it. Uh, we retrospectively analyze the trades after they've been made. But let's look at some uh, at the beginning of this process. They wanted to get a better centerman than Dominic Moore. And that's what they wanted was a fourth centerman. And they wanted to get a defenseman. And they couldn't get a defenseman because, A, thank God, Mike Green did not become available. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they were not even close in the McDonough sweepstakes because – they didn't have the people that the Rangers ultimately wanted. So I, I don't blame them for not getting a defenseman. In fact, uh, the fact that they didn't do Mike Green was a great blessing for them. Yeah, I, I, I was going to transition to the striking out of a defenseman because, um, yeah, the, the, the Mike Green thing was scary because I, I thought he was the wrong fit for the Leafs. The, the, all they, they really didn't need a right-handed Jake Gardner giving up the puck. And you know, I'm I'm being a little yeah. I'm being a little sarcastic on Gardner because he isn't giving up the puck as much as he used to, but he still does occasionally. But Green, at 32 years old, still does, and you know he was the viable option out there. But the rumor was Detroit was looking for a first round pick, and then he had this injury just before the deadline that scared 
everybody off, and Lou Lamorello said that they weren't even in on him at all. So I don't know if that, you know. Yeah. I don't know if, that, if no, that's I don't, true I don't or not. Think, well, the, your evaluation of him is 100% accurate. If he's not standing on the point and hitting the puck, he isn't much use. And he proved that in his last few years in Washington. He was with a great team. If you're that kind of a player, I mean, you get assists off the board, you get assists off the rebounds, you know, you, you accumulate points, and he can score goals. But I, I think he has to be with a team like Washington or a, a team like Detroit used to be, where you get a lot of offensive help from your teammates, and that wasn't forthcoming in Detroit. So he wasn't showing anything other than what you have accurately pointed out, a propensity for giving up the puck at the wrong time and to the wrong team. And you only have to watch games today to, uh, to go through the, uh, the cough-up list or the turnover list, whichever you prefer, and invariably the goal that was scored against or won the game uh, was a result of a turnover by someone who does it relatively frequently. Now, regarding McDonough, I mean, from everything that we've learned since the deadline, Tampa Bay, obviously they won the sweepstakes. It was a massive deal to uh, two prospects, two draft picks. Uh, the uh, flopping of uh, Nemestikov for J.T. Miller as part of the deal. Uh, supposedly, uh, Dale Talon and the Florida Panthers were in on this as well as well as the Leafs, but from the indications that I get, and even Lou Lamorello said after the deadline, we were in on McDonough, but we just weren't in on him as much as Tampa was. It doesn't sound like the Leafs were even close, Bill, because I look at the package that Tampa Bay ended up giving up, and if you equate that to what the Leafs would have had to give up, it probably would have been a one, a two, a Travis Dermott, and maybe like a Jeremy Bracco, and I, I you know, obviously they didn't offer anything close to that, but I don't think they ever would. No, no, they wouldn't. I agree with you, Mike. I mean, the, the McDonough deal was a deal that one of the smart deal makers in our game today makes because he thinks it will give him a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and, and that doesn't come along too often. And I think it's a legitimate evaluation by Iserman. So he gave up more than he normally would, and uh, good for him. I hope it works out, but I can tell you this. In my estimation, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the, the Boston Bruins have one thing in common. They do not want to play the Leafs in the first round. And that's because, in their heart of hearts, they know that the Leafs can beat them. And I, I, I remember, like it was yesterday, when... Uh, uh, Babcock had that Detroit team and brought them into Tampa for a seventh game. Mm -hmm. And but for a fluky goal from the point, would have won. And so I, I can see that happening with the Leafs. I, I just I, I, I have a lot of faith in Babcock. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I think tactically he knows how to attack a team and how to get the best out of the personnel that he has. And uh, with a goaltender like Anderson, anything can happen. And, and the, the people who know their business – uh, better than most know that the Leafs have that potential. They don't have any. Uh, nobody bets on that happening. But in the back of your mind, you say, "Boy, oh boy, I hope they don't get a jump on us because they, they're they're an interesting team." I was sitting watching the game with my son uh, Saturday night down here on TV, and we were talking about the result. He said, "Oh, Pittsburgh's hot." I said, "Yeah, but Toronto's hot too. They've they've lost a few games, and Babcock will have them ready to play." And he, 
he did. They killed penalties. They killed them off the first two or three, and that takes the sting out of uh, out of Pittsburgh's attack. Usually, they get a, a power play goal in the first half of the game or the first period of the game, and they didn't and never recovered. And, and consequently, the Leafs end up beating last year's Stanley Cup champions after they just beaten Philadelphia five two or five three. So it, it's it, you can't take one game and evaluate the next with its basis. So you you just have to see how they play. And uh, I watched the game last night, Pittsburgh and Dallas, and it was very tight. But after they took a third goal away from Pittsburgh, they they kept them under control and eventually scored a. Uh, uh, an empty netter with Malkin from Crosby. So it's it's going to be an interesting team. I don't see the Penguins as strong as they were last year, and yet they've got more room to grow as a team uh, with yeah. Broussard and yeah. uh, uh, Alexiak. Alexiak, somebody I want you to mark down in your book to watch. He got a goal last night. Big big time big time shooters get thirty five forty feet in the top corner. And four seconds to go in the first period. I, I think they've really they've really made a steal with Alexiak. Yeah, well, I mean, just to, on a tangent here, I think your your friend Jim Rutherford did a pretty a pretty great job getting Broussard for what they gave up. I mean, yeah. you know, they have a limited window of two or three years now because Crosby is you know getting close to thirty. Malkin, you know, they're they're still in their prime. They um, you know they they have a chance to win three in a row, and I think he went for it. And Broussard, I think, is a really good number three center. But the only thing that scares me about the Penguins in the sen- for in, the, in a negative sense is they need Matt Murray back. Tristan Jerry is young, and I think he's going to be a good goaltender. But he gave up a couple goals against Toronto on Saturday that I think that they can't bear in a playoff situation. So they need Murray no. back. No, I agree. With you. I agree with you. And Murray's unfortunately. Um, the kind of a goaltender who, if something is going to happen, it's going to happen to Murray. Yeah. I mean, most of his injuries, you, you have to take a microscope afterwards to find out how they happened. And the frequency of head injuries for Pittsburgh Penguins goalies is starting to get frightening. You know what uh, Marc-Andre Fleury went through, and Murray's going through the same thing. Yeah. Shot off the helmet, concussion. I... Uh, I would I would be wondering what what I could do to protect them more, but obviously they think days and nights about it, not just offhandedly. Yeah, ironically, the two best young goaltenders, arguably in the NHL, John Gibson in Anaheim and Murray in Pittsburgh, they both have struggled with constant injuries. So it's 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 bizarre. Uh, just just going back to the deadline one for one last thing here, it came out. Uh, after the deadline, that the Leafs were hunting around for a second first-round pick. Um, the speculation was that they may have been toying with the idea, and uh, obviously it, it would take more than toying, but uh, looking at the possibilities of an Eric Carlson deal. Um, now, we, now, we heard out of Ottawa that any deal with Carlson would involve Bobby Ryan's ridiculously... Um, <laughs> Expensive yeah. contract for another four years. That takes, that, takes the, that takes the that takes the deal out of the deal, Mike. That's that's well, that's Eugene yeah. Belnick. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's it would be it would be, a, it would be a tough it would be a tough nut to crack. But the the one the one thing that I don't put put past the the Maple Leafs organization with Brandon Pridham involved is finding some sort of loophole or some some way you know or maybe retaining salary on a on a Bobby Ryan and. 
and and moving him someplace else. I mean that you never you never know. But it's it, the Carlson thing. The, 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 where I have a tough time believing the possibility of the Leafs getting Carlson is the fact that he is in Ottawa and that Ottawa and Toronto are you know provincial rivals and the and the the blowback that that Melnick and Dorian would take in the nation's capital if they traded Carlson to the Leafs, especially if it's a deal where they're taking back less. And the rumor is that the, like they, they were talking with Vegas, and the rumor was um, a couple first-round picks and prospects. And that, that's not what they think that they're going to get back for Carlson, but if, they, if another team has to take Bobby Ryan, it's probably going to be a lower price. I, I find it hard to believe Absolutely. That they, yeah, I find it hard to believe that the Ottawa Senators would trade Eric Carlson to the Leafs in any circumstance, but what say you? Uh, I, I would say the same thing. Uh, if, if you made one assumption that you can't make, that the ownership and the general manager in Ottawa are rational. <laughs> the ownership and the general manager are very self-serving to the season ticket holder and the rest of us who are trying to find out information on circumstances that appear to be somewhat askew and and they feed us the stuff and say you know you believe this we didn't try to trade carlson they tried to trade carlson right up to five minutes before the deadline so why would they say that well i i i know i think i know the dorian family i think pierre dorian's smart enough to know that that's not going to fly in the hockey industry and so he's been given in direction from his owner as to what to say. And it's gone too far down the road. You can't save that franchise with Eugene Melnick as the owner. Something has to happen. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't wish him any ill will. I hope he gets his money out of it. But somebody other than him has to be the owner of that franchise. Yeah, but that's going to, I mean, that's going to be a tough nut to crack for Gary, you know, and we know Gary Bettman can go out and find a billionaire out there to, to, to buy teams. He's done it before. He could do it again. Um, but the, the, the problem is, is that I don't think that can be done before the summer. And I think if you get to the draft in Dallas, that's when he's probably going to be dealt. I, I, I think this situation one way or the other is going to be resolved by the last couple weeks as of June and the first weeks in July, and if he's not signed to an extension, I think Carlson's going to be dealt. There's no way they're going to go into the regular season in, in the walk year of his contract. I can't see that happening. No, and you know what? They already have. By going by the trade deadline, they've effectively gone into the last season, unless, sure. as you point out, they can make a deal better with that pressure on them knowing that, you know, three days after the meetings, it's the 1st of July, and Carlson says, no, I'm just going to play my contract out. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does that. Now, I, I'm with you, Mike. If, if you think that the magic of, uh, of draft meetings in June will bring a deal for Carlson, well, it might, but not with Bobby Ryan hanging on the side. Mm -hmm. They're going to have well, to get off that one. Yeah, well, there's been one theory, and I've heard it. I've heard it mentioned that Carlson could come out before the draft and say, "I'm not signing with anybody, even if I'm traded. I want to test free agency in the summer of 2019." And if he does that, basically he drives his value down. I mean, 
they'll get something for him. A team will have a have a value for Eric Carlson for one year, but they won't get they'll get pennies on the dollar compared to what they would get from a team who could potentially sign him to a long term extension. Absolutely. And that's what Ryan's doing too. Ryan's driving down uh the value of Eric Carlson. He is good enough to be set aside and uh, considered alone, and and I, I just don't understand the naivety that Melnick must think exists among the rest of his ownership and management. They're not going to fall for that. They know it's a steep price for Carlson, so why throw in a burden like Bobby Ryan? And and he's been a burden at seven point five million. He's more than a burden. Yeah. So they have to find a way to get. Carlson separate and apart, deal them singularly, and if they have any luck doing it, fine. If not, they're out of luck. And a lot of people said that at the trade deadline. If they don't trade them at the trade deadline, they're out of luck. And they very well may be. They very well may be. And uh, the only reason that they didn't deal them was having the Bobby Ryan uh, hanging on the side pocket of Eric Carlson because they probably could have dealt him. A um, couple quick things on a uh, few different things with the Leafs here. Um, I think the four-game losing streak on the road, in part, was due to, you know, the fatigue of the schedule. They had, for about a couple months, they've been the, they've been the team that's played the most games, and now the, their schedule has slowed down a bit. And I think you saw from what they, you know, how they played after a four-day respite that they, you know, they looked pretty fresh and they looked energetic against Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, where yes, I question, yeah, where I question, you know, the, one of the only areas where I question Mike Babcock right now has been, you know, him, and he stated it a couple times since the deadline, yeah, he plans, even though they're pretty locked into third place and are going to play Boston, he plans on playing Frederick Anderson, you know, in every game except for the second of back-to-backs, and there's only a couple of those left. So he's on pace to play 68 games, and I, I don't see the benefit in that. I, yeah, I, I would think that they would, he would benefit from a couple days off, but right now Babcock is intent on just staying with the regular schedule when it comes to Anderson. Well, you know what? I, you know That's his call and he's consistent in his practices as a coach. I, I'm with him. If I was concerned about fatigue, I would give him a couple of days. Like, let's say they've got a game on Monday night and don't play till Thursday. I would give him Tuesday off. Or if they've got four days in between, I'd give him two days off. Get him back to practice two days before game day. So there's another way of accomplishing the same thing. You, you probably put more energy into a practice than you do into a game, although... That depends. Uh, that's directly related to the amount of work you get. But I, I, I've, uh, I don't think that there's any sense in not playing your guy, throwing him out for the first game in Boston. He hasn't played in a week and a half. First of all, you lose badly, and more importantly, something might happen. Injury, concussion, so many things. You've got to play it the way you think it's best for your goalie. You can't play around possibilities possibility of him uh, getting hurt, possibility of him uh, not being rested. He He's played every game that he's played without any consideration for that. Only game, The only time he gets consideration is back-to-back games. And I would maintain that consistency 
un- until it stops working. And heretofore, it hasn't. Uh, the the other player that I think has been a concern regarding a drop off in his play, and I think he elevated his play in the first half more than I thought he could was Ron Hainsey. Um, since uh, he had a bout with the flu in late January, came back uh, in early February, and since then he's a minus. His t- ice time is down. He, he's still playing every minute of the penalty kill, but I I I think now he played well on Saturday, but. I, I think Babcock has to realize that he can't play a 36-year-old defenseman 22 minutes a night and play tough minutes against top lines and on penalty kills. You know, I think they're asking too much of a of a, a guy who I think was meant to be a four, five, six defenseman rather than a top two. Yeah. Well, here's what happened, Mike. If you look at the history, when Pittsburgh got him, he was meant to be a four or five, like you and I just discussed. When he finished with the Stanley Cup in his arms, he was the uh, he had the most ice time on the Pittsburgh team, so he can handle that. But I, I'm with you. I would think that near the end of uh, uh, the schedule, I would cut back on his penalty killing and just let him play a regular shift. I I think that they've gotten they've gotten so much out of him, they can't expect any more, and don't let fatigue be a factor. And as you pointed out with the flu or whatever it was, that's going to take time to build him back up. And uh, I don't think it would hurt to give him some kind of relief from killing every penalty. And that's not going to be too difficult, unless they're in a race where they have to win every game. I don't see that happening. But there should be an opportunity uh, to give Hainsey some time off more easily than it would be for the goalie. I just just say, hey, you you pick the goalie and... uh, and Babcock have picked his schedule, let him play it. Yeah, at least until the playoffs. I mean, I, th- I think they, they should ease him off a bit on the PK, but, you know, again, Babcock yeah. can do what he, what he wants to do. The other area of concern was Nikita Zaitsev. Um, his, and now, he's had a broken foot, I've been told, and I don't know if it's true or not, so I'll just say there are rumors that, you know, he's still playing in a bit of pain after the broken foot. I would find that a little hard to believe yeah. because, you know, their, their medical staff is pretty, um, you know, they, they've showed this year they won't bring these players back until they're yeah, 100%. No. But there's been a drop-off from his play from last year, Bill. I, I don't know if it's sophomore jinx or sophomore slump or whatever, or um, he's slowed down by this injury, but he doesn't appear to be the same guy that we saw last year. No, he slowed down by the injury. I think the injury to fully heal will take more time. And if it's the crack in the bone, if in fact that was the diagnosis, I'm sure his foot is wrapped. And over time, it'll eventually disappear, the pain. But he is not playing the way he did before he got hurt. And that's a fact. I don't know how you measure it. Well, statistically, I think you could measure it, but... Uh, his his effectiveness offensively is not nearly as much as it was before the injury. And you'd like to think that uh, with another month before playoffs, and that's all there's left now, that he, you know he might be able to feel better about his foot. But if I was if if I was Zaitsev and I could complaining about the pain, I'd talk to the coach. I wouldn't keep perpetuating the misfortune of a broken foot and extends into a six-month injury instead of a two-month injury. 
So I, I, I find that hard to believe. But the fact that he's not at his uh, full capacity is, is a given. He's not back to the Nikita Zaitsev that finished last year and started this. Yeah, uh, but I believe it was two points in his last 24 games, and he, he sat out on Saturday because of the flu. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he'll be better next year. Sometimes sophomore years are tough for, for players, whether yeah. they're rookies or even if they're 25 or 26 year old, years old like Zaitsev, plus the pressure of signing a long-term deal. Uh, last thing, Bill, um, the speculation about the future of Lou Lamorello has popped up again. Now, we don't know anything. I know that Lou was asked at training at the beginning of training camp about his contract, and he was obviously, you know, he, he would not address it with the media. Um, and, but the speculation is, is that his contract is longer than the three years that he's been in Toronto, but that there might be a transition from general manager to senior advisor at some point, either this summer or next summer, and that, you know, more than likely the heir apparent is Kyle Dubas, who got some uh, interest last year from Colorado, and the speculation was that they he might get interest from other teams, but the Leafs will deny permission to speak to him, which to me means they, they want him as the next general manager. How, how I mean, it's, it's tough to gauge, but how long do you think Lou will be in the current job, or maybe more accurately, how long do you think Brendan Shanahan wants Lou to be in that current job? Well, I go back to last summer, uh, not this uh, maybe it's the past summer, the summer before, when Mark Hunter, who was director of uh, amateur scouting, walked into Brendan's office, I assume he walked in, and said, look, I'm not going to do this and have you lining people up to take over Lamorello's job. I want the title of assistant general manager and I want my release if you don't give it to, if you don't give me the general manager's job. That would be what Mark how Mark would operate. So my theory is not unlike yours, but I think that uh, the decision will be whether it's Hunter or not. I'm not against Kyle Dubas. I don't even know him, but I know Mark Hunter. And I know what he brings to any organization. And I know that if he is, uh, if he becomes second fiddle to Kyle Dubas, he's gone. He's long gone. So they lose two people, Lamorello, and they lose Hunter, and let Dubas swim on his own. So yeah, I, I don't I, know that that's too harsh an approach, but that's that's my theory. Yeah, I I, I have the feeling that. Lou may stick around one more year because this off season with Matthews contract with Nylander, um, with, you know, now with like JVR Bozak and probably Kamarov all leaving the unrestricted free agency, the possibility of Tavares, which I, I think is remote if, if, if at all. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and that would be a lot on a young general manager's plate. That's why I, I think that it, uh, you think I think Lou will be? In yeah. Well, I, I'm of the opinion that it, I'm of the opinion that it would be on Hunter's plate as opposed to Dubas. Right. And if you look at some of the ki- the guys that are available, I don't know if you know Mike Fuda, who operates in Los Angeles. This guy is infinitely qualified, yeah. much more than Kyle Dubas ever thought of being. So let's not yeah. get too excited about the guy that Brendan 
picked out of Sault Ste. Marie. And I don't mean to say this in any way disrespectful of Kyle. I don't know him. I just know that there are people out there who are in their 40s who are much more experienced in all workings of an NHL franchise than Kyle yeah. Dubas. And so I know, I know, the fact I know that Toronto media has picked him as their boy doesn't mean he's going to get the job. Yeah, and I know Mike Fuda was uh, interviewed for the Buffalo job before Bottrell got it, and I know that he's in the mix for Carolina. And uh, he was like my dark, dark horse candidate before the Leafs hired Lou because uh, of his reputation with the Kings. So uh, I, I think he's going to be an yeah. NHL general manager very soon. Um, Bill, and, and, always... and, and a good one, and a good one. And a, and a good one. He's a good, very good talent evaluator. Um, yeah. We'll definitely have you on before the playoffs, but I think it's I think it's pretty apparent it's going to be the Bruins. And just briefly, um, with that prospect of the Bruins versus the Leafs, um, I, I think they, especially if Bergeron and McAvoy are not 100% and they're going to be coming off of injuries, I, I think that the Leafs have a, a good chance against the Bruins. What do you think? Well, I don't think you're, you know, I, we, we talked about it earlier, but I think the Bruins are concerned about playing the Leafs in the playoffs. So they they feel the same way as you do, and I think everybody should. Uh, but the Boston Bruins, like I look at their defense and I consider the Boston defense to be a better playoff defense than the Leafs. Uh, and with Chara there killing penalties and standing around blocking up the offensive uh, alleys. I, I, I think that uh, lanes, at least. I, I think that they're they're going to they're going to be a match. As far as the forward lines go, I think from a four line balance, I think the Leafs have got them. So if you look at it that way, and you don't put too much emphasis on the Bruin defense being superior, it boils down to Rask and Anderson, and what a contest that'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a great series. I, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to pick the Leafs or pick the Bruins. And, and the guy you can't overlook is Marchand. Look what Marchand has done since Bergeron left. And, and yeah. he got away with clotheslining a guy and almost decapitating him. Uh, he's, yeah. He's, he's slick. He's not going to get suspended, but, and he probably should. But, and that was that – w- I, I will always believe that anything Brad Marchand does, even if it appears to be accidental, is on purpose. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bill, oh, no, he is. It is. Bill, that's what makes him such a great player. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's an amazing player. Uh, unfortunately, he's also also a bit of a weasel, but I, I like that in players sometimes. Oh yeah, no, you can you can bring out he's he's a pest, he's a weasel, and I'll tell you this: in my estimation, the last Bruin Stanley Cup was won because of Brad Marchand taking on the Sedins and no one reacting to him in Vancouver. Nobody went after him, and he just he owned the Sedins at the end. Uh, Bill, that's once, what he does. That's what he does. Bill, once again, thank you for for joining. I really appreciate it, and we'll definitely want to have you on before the uh, the first round of the playoffs. Um, we'll do a preview of uh, whoever the Leafs play, but more than likely it will be the Bruins. Um, thank you once again. Thanks, Mike. I'll look forward to it. For Bill Waters, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for listening. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.